My name's Angelo, and welcome to We Want Picks. This is the only channel dedicated to UFC fight picks and DraftKing lineups run by MMA insiders and professional fighters. Every week, I join Dan Kramer and Nick Newell, two longtime professional fighters that have fought at the highest levels on the planet, as well as Jacob Lines, a skinny kid from Indiana. So join us every single week for our full fight card breakdowns, our individual fight card breakdowns, our betting guide, and our DraftKing lineups. First up at UFC Vegas 29, we have Chaos Williams versus Matthew Semmelsberger. Semmelsberger is riding a five-fight win streak. He is the underdog versus Chaos Williams, who has power four days. He is four and one in his last five, and he is coming off of a decision loss to Michelle Pajeda, which I think he won. I think most people think he won that fight. Um, but either way, we have two guys that are streaking really well. This is a solid matchup. I agree with the betting odds. I think Chaos Williams should be the favorite. With that being said, Semmelsberger is live. Um, and, and it's a really, really good matchup. This entire card, there's a, there's a bunch of fights where both guys are not very good. But it's still a good matchup because they're not very good. It'll be entertaining. There's a couple of fights where both guys are very good. This card, I would say this entire card is almost pick em type fights. A couple of them are trash. A lot of them are very good matchups. This is a very good matchup and will determine the trajectory of one of these guys' careers. So before I do my breakdown, Jacob, I will let you go first. Why don't you go ahead and do yours? You already did. You already did half a breakdown, but I, if you want to say I go first. I did an I intro. Go. I'm trying to be more professional. Yeah, I get, I get it. There's no Dan here, so we got to fill the time somehow, you know? So, um, yeah, the, like you mentioned this card. There is a lot of pickups on this card. There is a lot of choices for me for lock of the week because I have picked so many underdogs on this card. It's crazy. And I think Semmelsberger is one of them. Listen. Chaos, Chaos was on a wild streak. He fought Michelle Pajeda. And it seems like every time we talk about a, somebody fighting Michelle Pajeda, we think, or we always say, like, that doesn't really count because Michelle Pajeda is just so weird in the way he fights that it's kind of hard to tell if someone can actually fight when they fight Michelle because you have to fight so weirdly defensively. Um, with that said, you know, he does have crazy power. And I see this as more of a volume versus power. I don't know if you kind of see that same thing. I like, I like Matthew. With this volume, I like him to be able to use his kicks early to kind of take that power away from Chaos. And if he can do that, I think he can just kind of overwhelm Chaos. And um, I think this is I, – it's, I guess not a shame that this is the first fight we did. But I, I honestly, I think this is going to be the fight of the night, I think. It's going to be crazy one way or the other or a complete war. If the main event isn't, I'd go to this one for, for fight of the night for sure. But I think Matthew finds a way with this volume, with his kicks especially, to slow down Chaos. And I think he, uh, I think he wins the fight. It's it's every interesting matchup. So I we're starting the show off. We disagree. I disagree. I do think Semmelsberger. You said Semmelsberger's gonna win, right? I did. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I, I disagree. I think Semmelsberger's gonna lose. He does march forward. He has a very aggressive style. He marches forward. Uh, he has solid leg kicks. He does nice body work, meaning he goes to the body a lot. And I love when fighters do that because that's basically an investment later in the fight, right? You beat up somebody's stomach now. You kick up their legs now, rounds two, rounds three. All of a sudden, maybe you take some of the power of chaos away. So I do like sort of Matt and, and that approach and how he does work the body and the legs. Um, the problem is chaos Williams also walks people down. 
Matt Simmelsberger just like charges forward where chaos walks you down as he's coming forward. He's throwing, he's backing you up. And I think Matt Semmelsberger's forward pressure, he might walk right into one of those wild punches, those wild hooks and, and one of those power strikes from chaos Williams. So I have chaos winning this fight. I have the guy, him the guy has three knockouts in under 30 seconds. <laughs> Chaos. He's just got power. And Matt Semmelsberger has been knocked out before. And I hate, I hate when like pick'em shows just pull up the records. Well, this guy has been submitted three times. So that's all kind of meaningless because until it happens, it hasn't happened. Meaning there's plenty of people who have never been submitted and then get submitted. Plenty of people who have never been knocked, knocked out and then get knocked out. So, but with that being said, we know Matt can be knocked out we know chaos has the power to do it um and he definitely has the more experience chaos williams if you look at who they fought has fought the higher um you know the higher quality of opponents so i have chaos williams in this fight and if we're talking about bets i have a bet on chaos william or i'm going to place a bet on chaos williams i want the wins by knockout right now it is only plus 125 that's not enough for me, right? If I'm going to do a prop where this person's going to win by this incredibly specific way, I'm not doing it at plus 125. So yeah, that's, I'm a, that's wait. a plus two, plus three. It, exactly. For me, I go for the plus 1400s, the plus 1800s, the 2400s. That's my territory. How has that worked out for you? So uh, I'm, yeah. waiting, I'm waiting for that line to move. But while you're watching us, we are live. And if you're watching the replay, go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. Grab one of the options and place bets. Follow along. Place the bets if you like the ones that we're doing. Hit the monkey knife fight lines while this you're is, here. Yeah, I would go more and more for sure on this one. I, obviously, the thing to worry about is that early KO. But the way – that seems like crazy low volume for, for uh, Matthew. So I, I like the more and more here and, and, just, a, and just a battle. Like I said, I think it's going to be the fight of the night. Yeah, so the monkey knife fight line is hard. So anybody watching, go to playmkf.com slash picks. If you've never done monkey knife fight before, do it now. You literally triple your money. The only thing you have to do, you log in. You see what I'm sort of looking at right here where it says more or less. 55 and a half strikes for KS Williams, 36 and a half for Matt Semmelsberger. You just say, is KS going to throw more or less? Is Matt going to throw land. more? Land more or less. So. I think there's a knockout. So, man, it is a really low line. If anything, I don't know what I'm going to play there yet. It's a really low line. I'm going to wait before I decide what I'm going to do there. If this goes to a decision, if you think this fight goes to a decision, you play the more and more. It's that simple. I think Chaos William gets a knockout. I'm waiting to place that bet for the odds to get a little better. So I don't know what I'm going to do with Monkey Knife Fight just yet. Uh, I may not play this. I may play the less, less because I do think there will be an early stoppage. But either way, this will be a really fun night. Jacob said this could be fight of the night. and It, it will be fight of the night. I don't know. There's actually a couple of really sick matchups on this card. No. And the last thing, I have Chaos Williams in my lineup at $8,900. I'm, I'm chasing that stoppage. That's the name of the DraftKings game. Do you have Semmelsberger at 73? Uh, I do not. No, I have uh, a lot of underdogs, but... Um, he just didn't, just like you said, I mean, it's dangerous with chaos, right? I, I, there's some, so I saw value elsewhere. Yeah. So, and, and, um, I'm seeing a comment here asking about what, uh, the Moreno sub paid out last week. 
Uh, I don't know, so I'm not going to answer that question, but it does trigger a thought because you asked specifically about the third round. I'm going to have to check the Chaos Williams. So I was just looking at by knockout because I'm more of a conservative better. I go by what I think is the most likely outcome, and then I place that bet. I usually don't get the crazy odds because I'm not looking at knockout in the first round, but I actually might do that because I think that knockout will happen in the first round if it happens. Another bet that you can place, and I've placed a few of these, and literally um, bet online, so go to wewantpicks.com slash bets, is one of the only places that does these. They do the wins by stoppage and decision equals no bet. So basically what that says is if Chaos Williams gets the knockout, I get paid. If it goes to a decision and he either wins or loses, doesn't matter. If it goes to a decision, I get my money back and the bet is canceled. I did one on Chase Hooper last week, and it was perfect. I said, Chase Hooper either wins by submission or he loses a decision. So I placed my bet. He ended up losing a decision. But even if he won a decision, I get my money back. So anyway, that's another bet to look at. Check out the links, and let's move on to our next fight. What's next, the next fight? Okay. Next up at UFC Vegas 29, we have Joaquin Silva versus Ricky Glenn. This is a pretty, it's interesting because the odds makers have this even, but the DraftKings has it a pretty wide line. So uh, Joaquin Silva is two, three and two in his last five, and so is Ricky Glenn. So this is an interesting fight. The odds makers have it as a pick em. Um It's Except two guys. Except for the fact, you know when the last time Ricky Glenn fought? Is that both of, them. both of them. That's what I was going to do in my intro here. It's an interesting matchup because both of these guys are coming off of multi-year layoffs. Neither one of these guys has fought recently. So that's always big question marks. The good news is both well, of them. Well, I mean, Silva's like a year and a half, and Ricky Glenn's like two and a half years. I mean, either way, those are still A year and a half can happen. Two and a half is like you got to try not to fight with two and a half year layoff. You got to actively well, not fight. So Joaquin Silva's two-year layoff, he's very explosive, and he's always looking for the knockout. He's similar to a K. And he's always looking good, honestly. Look at this guy. What all of a sudden we're live and we just interrupt the hell out of each other? Well, wait, stop right there. Let me interrupt you because we got a donation from Antsy Music, ten dollars. I appreciate it. We have thank you very much, Antsy. That's very appreciated. We have to ignore the chat. And what was that noise? This is a mess, Jacob. We still have to chop this video up and upload them individually to make this work. Either way, so we have. Joaquin Silva versus Ricky Glenn, both of them coming off of a somewhat substantial layoff. We have a year and a half versus two plus years. Joaquin Silva is coming off a two-year layoff. He's very explosive and always looking for the knockout. And he's always in the fight because of the, his power. It's always there. And if you look at his last fight, he was losing. And he was very clearly losing and was definitely uh, minutes away from losing a decision and bang, that knockout power was there. I love seeing that. It tells me two things. Once, for one, that power is always there. And that is fantastic. And two, he mentally is always in the fight. He doesn't give up. He doesn't just throw those bombs, not get it. And then, eh, well, okay, I'm done. I didn't get it. So anyway, I, I love seeing that. So that, that's a big plus for me for Joaquin Silva. And then we have Ricky Glenn, who hasn't fought in three years. He's been plagued with injuries. Two and a half. Okay, I round up. 
He's been playing with injuries, but his fight style, he stands very tall and he marches forward, but he still stays out of the pocket. So he marches forward, but he keeps you away as he marches forward, meaning he doesn't get into the pocket and engage in elbows or sort of a, a close brawl. He just has a forward momentum style. Um, uh, and he can have trouble if you don't let him keep his range. So he likes the range. He moves forward. If Joaquin Silva meets him in the middle, and also, what are you doing on the other screen? <laughs> sure, dogs just like randomly playing. Sure, dogs just randomly playing music, like the little videos. Well, well, you, you didn't do your research. You're doing it live. I would, no, I always just have the records up. That way, I can just glance at. it. I have my notes. Anyway, sure, dog. Anyway, I think what the hell's going on. I think Joaquin Silva, Ricky Glenn likes to fight at distance. If Joaquin Silva closes that distance, doesn't give Ricky Glenn the rhythm, doesn't let Ricky Glenn keep him at the end of his punches and just crowds him, come into the pocket, throws bombs, Joaquin Silva wins this fight and Joaquin Silva is my pick. Jacob, I know you're just doing all of your research right now, so why don't you go ahead and break it down for us, what, you, what you've learned in the last five and a half seconds. Yeah, so I honestly think that this is going to be one of the worst fights of the night because I see both these guys as counter punchers. I, I see both of them as very patient. And like you said, Glenn will come forward, but he's, he's waiting, 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 waiting. When I watch Silva, I just see waiting, 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 waiting. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Silva's, well, he didn't mention his last fight because against uh, Nat was it Nazrat was his last fight and he got KO'd, which happened to be a Southpaw and Ricky Glenn also a Southpaw. So there you go on that. Um, I like Silva to win this fight. I think he's got the power. I worry about the cardio. Um, you know, all those big, strong muscles, you know, they got to get some oxygen to those. And so with the cardio, cardio could be an issue. Um, Ricky Glenn, when he finally comes in to throw, he, he throws with authority. So, I mean, he waits to throw when he throws, he means business when he does throw. Um, and the only thing that worries me about Silva is I see a little Cody Garbrandt in him to where he he'll, as he's waiting for someone, he'll kind of back up, back up, back up. And then he pins himself against the fence. And then that's when he just starts throwing bombs. So, you know, if it works, it works. But if it doesn't, you know, Ricky Glenn will still knock you out as well. So I'm going with Silva, but I'm not, I don't feel good enough about it to put him in my lineup. Um, I wouldn't take the, the bet. And the monkey knife fight, I would go less, less. Maybe less more, but definitely less on, on, on Silva. I, I would go, yeah, so I, I don't have either one of my drafting lineups as well. The layoff is is the big question. I, I don't know. They might come back both looking amazing, one of them looking like I, I have no idea. That's a long time to not be in the game. With that being said, Joaquim has the power. The power doesn't go away. So I, I he's my pick, but I'm not spending $8,300 on him in DraftKings. I'm not placing any actual money bets here um, because we have no idea what they're going to look like. They could come out gunslinging, get knocked out. Well, they could be out of shape. Uh, we don't know what they're going to look like. I don't think Silva's going to be out of shape. I think I know what he's going to look like in there. You need to relax. And I understand there's not a lot of females on this card for you to go through their Instagram. So you work your way backwards, but settle down. Look at that mustache too, man. That's an incredible. You got to admit, that's an incredible mustache. <laughs> it's solid. It's very hipster. <laughs> very hip. Great cheekbones, so, great shoulders. <laughs> Anyway, he's my pick. The monkey knife fight, this is another really tricky line. Uh, I would say definitely less on Joaquim. And I, I'd probably go less more on this because I have the I have a feeling it will go the distance. 
um, and they may be feeling each other out. And honestly, less less maybe to play because it is a long layoff, and it takes some time to get into that rhythm. And and Ricky but, too, Ricky too will averages I think almost a takedown a fight, so he could use his grappling as well, tired out, tire out those big muscles. So. <laughs> either way let us know in the comments what you think about this matchup because again this is another one of those really hard fights to pick and that long layoff leaves a lot of questions next up at ufc vegas 29 we have alexa Kammer versus nikolai negu morenu and that's about as good as that's gonna get i'm honestly i'm just gonna i'm myself. i'm going with nick just so you know that's uh i'm going with nick this is honestly a trickier matchup than uh, than it appears. So, so Alexa is the most expensive fighter on the card. Period. End of story. Can I Dragon. can I lead, can I lead this one? Sorry, this is what this is the one Let that. Let me do the records and then I'll hand it over to you. Okay. So, okay. Uh, Nick, as they like to say, as as us friends call him, uh, is four and one in his last five, nine and one overall. And Alexa is four and one in his last five, but six and one overall. So fewer fights in his career. The big time favorite, Jacob, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so this is the one where I think I texted you earlier in the week or earlier today or yesterday where I said there's a couple of these fights where I think the odds are honestly flip-flopped, where I have no idea why these odds are the way they are. Um, you know, because you see Alexa, and if you there's two different Alexas that I, that I saw when I watched them. There's the highlight film Alexa where he's just like mauling people and throwing bombs and stuff. And then you watch him, uh, you know, versus in, in actual fights, like actual fight film. And it's like he's like kind of not timid, I, I wouldn't say. Um, but you just don't see that aggression that you see in like some of his highlights. Um, he did fight our boy William Knight, you know, shout out to William Knight. And he was on his back like the entire fight. And then we watched William Knight kind of on the opposite end of that where he got out wrestled and out grappled. So I, I watched Alexa. And then I went over to Nick's film, and oh my god, that guy is like picking people up and throwing them across the octagon. He's suplexing people. I'm like, what the hell is going on with plus 205? This guy spent the entire fight last fight on his back. You have Nick just suplexing and powerbombing people to the ground. He has zero decision wins, so he's finishing every single fight. He's submitting people. It's like, what is going on here? $6,900 plus 205? Lock of the week. Oh. <laughs> That's the lock of the week. I mean, it doesn't get it. This is like the most confident lock of the week I think I've ever. I know that I've ever had. It's crazy. This guy's just gonna get. He's gonna pick him up. He's gonna slam him down, and then either submit him or TKO him. It's the lock of the week. Man, so your your lock of the week is the biggest underdog in the entire. Which country. is crazy. I honestly think that he should be. This should be at least be a pick him, and if not, Nick should be the favorite. You did tell me that earlier in the week. Uh, you told both Dan and I. You didn't say who. You just said something. There's one. There's, I think there's one other fight, but this was the one that I was like, if you watch these guys, like, what the hell's going on here, man? I don't know if you saw it the same way. I so um, well, and very quickly. So let me do my my piece real quick. Sure. Um, so uh, I think this is the hardest fight on the card to pick because the odds are pretty crazy, and neither one of these guys are very good. <laughs> so they're both, you know. Uh, decent regional fighters. Uh, it's odd to me that they're in the UFC at this level. Their records are very good, but if you dig into it, you know, they're, they're that's what got them into the UFC. Those aren't UFC records, if you will. Um, 
But I, I'm going to go with Nikolai as well. I agree with you with that pick. But he hasn't fought in two years. So another big question mark. I bet he, I bet he's been in his backyard just suplexing logs for the last <laughs> few years. I mean, some of his highlights are crazy. He literally is just like throwing people over his head. Well, he's very durable. He has 100% finish rate, as you mentioned. He throws everything crazy and with bad intentions. He pressures forward. But he throws mostly looping shots and just stands in front of people. That is why the odds makers have him as the underdog. The willingness to stand in front of people. He doesn't move. There is no head movement. It's standing right there, like waiting to get hit in the mouth. And Alexa, and my actual Amazon Alexa is just keeps lighting up every time I say this dude's name, um, is very fast. Very fast. And not he has, back, he's not. He has a good amount of experience, so fewer fights, but they just felt different. They felt like those fights were, you know, they were longer. He learned more from them. It's over a longer period of time. Uh, he also moves, or sorry, um, he is the massive favorite, but he has solid straight punches. So as Nikolai is coming with the wild hooks, Kammer will be right there, super fast, bang, right down the middle. That's what worries me. That's what the odds makers saw. With that being said, my pick is also Nikolai. I would never do minus 240 on a 6-1 on a and one dude who honestly is not. And you would good. never go against lock of the week. No, never. So anyway, uh, solid lock of the week. Let's take a look. We, we discussed the DraftKings price. So I'm assuming you have Nikolai in your lineup. Oh, uh, yeah. That's how, that's how that <laughs> That's yeah. how that works. Yeah. Okay. And, and at $6,900, he's not a terrible play, especially because, you know, if there are some much more expensive fighters you want to squeeze in there, you know, n neither one of these guys are. Well, that was the issue. And we'll get to that. I did pick this big underdog, but I hate like all the favorites. So it didn't really help me out. Yeah. They're, they're, a lot of your lineups, and I'm assuming uh, you guys in the chat, a lot of your lineups will probably have a couple thousand dollars left over. Um, minus 240, Alexa. Plus 205, Nikolai. I'm not betting on this fight. Or I'm sorry, I'm not going to... Oh, and then she actually picked me up this time. Um, so I'm not going to put any money uh, on, on Alexa at all. I may dig into some Nikolai prop bets and just see what that looks like. Plus 205, money line. That's actually pretty solid, so I might do that as well. And then the monkey knife fight lines. I am going less more. 73 is very high. 36 is very low. I'm really confident in the less more on this line. I don't think there's a stoppage in this fight. What are your thoughts on that monkey knife fight line? I would go less more. I think that I honestly think that Alexa is going to spend the whole fight on his back, just like William Knight um, did to him. So, and I think Nick, if he doesn't finish early, it's just going to be a lot of ground and pound. And, and those add up very, very quickly yeah. as we've learned. So, yep. And we have a question in the chat asking about the cardio. Here's the thing. We don't know about the cardio. Like Nikolai has been off for two full years. We don't know what that cardio is going to look like on his way back. We just have to he's assume he's fine. in good shape. He's in he, great shape. He did not have cardio issues in his previous fights. So we just have to assume that he will, you know, be in shape and ready to go. So go to playmkf.com slash we want picks. Everybody on this live stream who has never done that before, they don't know what monkey knife fights is. It is the easiest way, and I'll repeat that, the easiest way to make money in MMA. You literally 
look at the strike line that's in front of you and you say, will that fighter land more or less than that number? And you triple your money with every play. You play $10, you win 30, you play 20, you win 60. If you use promo code WWP on your deposit, they will instantly match it. Use the free money that they give you, the instant match money, play the lines. Then you can withdraw your real money if you want. I don't care. Either way, we're both very confident in less strikes from Alexa Kammer and more strikes from Nikolai Negumarenu. And I nailed it that time. That's pretty good. Yeah, thank you. Next up at UFC Vegas 29, we have my girl Casey O'Neill versus Laura Procopio. We wait, have broken down. Whoa, whoa. Why, why is she? Wait, we're not going to skip over that. Why is she your girl? Because we've broken down both of them before and we picked her and she hammered it. So anybody who wins me money in the past is officially my person. So anyway, we have Laura Procopio four and one in her last five. She is a favorite here versus Casey O'Neill, who is five and zero in her last five, six and zero in her entire career. But I will say she won her last fight, but there were holes in that game when we watched that fight. So Laura Procopio, very solid. She has like pretty good boxing, a solid clinch work. She moves forward. And the big advantage here is her grappling. So Casey O'Neill has some takedowns, but they're not very good. And then she doesn't really know what to do after the takedowns. Where Laura Procopio is dangerous everywhere from her grappling. And her grappling is super aggressive. She's looking for finishes in the grappling department. And as far as her grappling is concerned, she has a very high fight IQ. Meaning... You know, if we if we go back in time and look at UFC 263, when um, in the main event, uh, what's his name? Vittori had Adesanya's back, went for the rear naked choke before his legs were set, and then lost the entire position. That is just, he got too excited, messed up. Laura Procopio has incredibly high fight IQ as far as the grappling is concerned. Those are not the mistakes she makes. She will get her position, lock in the position, and then work for the submission. Just very technical, classic, do all the right things in the grappling. Casey O'Neill, a Muay Thai striker with solid elbows and is very willing to brawl and get into firefights. She does have solid wrestling and is pretty explosive. We've seen her wrestling work really well, but it works well because she's so explosive. I would not say they're technical takedowns. I would just say she's athletic and explosive and bang, there's your takedown. But once she gets the takedown, she doesn't have the jujitsu. She's very athletic, so she works her way through situations where she's needed but or where it's needed, but she's not technical enough to work through things and make things happen. Um, my pick here is Laura Procopio, if you couldn't tell from that breakdown. And I would compare Casey O'Neill to a Paige Van Zandt. Good striking, very athletic, but that athleticism is going to catch up to her. And I think Laura Procopio the more seasoned fighter with the higher fight IQ and the more technical jujitsu background is going to go ahead and get this done. Jacob, open your eyes and tell us your pick. I agree with like the Paige Van Zandt thing as far as like a toughness thing, because you saw that against uh, Shayna Dobson. Shayna Dobson was throwing everything and she was just walking through everything and, and getting those takedowns. Um, but with the grappling, I mean, she's a much better grappler than or a wrestler, I guess, than, than Paige. But I have Casey to win this fight. Oof. I don't have her in my lineup and I don't love it because I think that this is going to be a, a wrestling match. And he mentioned, I have it in my notes as well, that, that Casey can grapple, but she's a little sloppy the way she does it. You saw uh, Shayna kind of reverse those positions a couple times. 
Um, I just like her pressure more than Procopia's. You mentioned that she goes for finishes. I see just a little bit more aggression and toughness out of Casey. I think she finds a way to, even if this is like a long, you know, weird decision, I think that she finds a way to get this done. I don't think either one of them really finishes each other unless somebody somehow gets submitted. Maybe Casey gets submitted. I'm worried about Casey fighting off her back because you really haven't seen that. You've seen kind of scrambles and stuff, but her stuck on her back. I don't know if she can get up. That's the only thing that worries me, but I wouldn't touch this probably either way for DraftKings. But, you know, I just find, I think Casey finds a way to win the fight. I'm checking my lineup very quickly. Yeah, I have Laura Procopio in my lineup. I heard much in the fight because I think she's live for a stoppage. Not only do I think she's going to win the fight, I think she can win by a stoppage. And again, it's because of the jujitsu. You know, striking wise, Casey has the has the advantage. Wrestling wise, Casey probably has the advantage. But I'm totally cool with that because let her take Procopio down, so Procopio can create a scramble, make something happen, control the jujitsu. Because Casey is lacking jujitsu. Either way, this is an interesting fight. It's an interesting matchup. If I'm talking about the strike line, I'm going less less across the board. I think 132 is very high. It's not going to be that high with Laura Procopio. It just isn't. And 84 and a half, you know, she might get more than that if she's controlling the the wrestling, but she, I think she'll be on her back. I think she's going to get a sweep or a submission from her back, not get offensive wrestling and pepper from top. So I'm going less, less on the monkey knife fight line. And as far as bets are concerned, this is another one of those bets. The best I'm going to, the bet I placed here. So Procopio is a favorite. I, I don't do money lines on favorites unless I'm like 1,000% sure and it's under minus 200. But the bet I did place, and you're only going to get these bets at uh, Bet Online. So go to wewantpicks.com slash bets, click one of the links and sign up. I did the Procopio wins by stoppage, decision equals no action. I mentioned this earlier, and all that means is if Laura Procopio wins by submission, I win my bet. If Laura Procopio ends up in a decision, win or lose, I get my money back, and it's like the bet never happened. So uh, I'm going that route. Laura Procopio is very tough. Even if Casey O'Neill wins, I don't think she'll get a finish. So the bet, my actual money bet, is the wins by stoppage, decision equals no action. Did you tell me what you thought about this strike line? No, because you've just been talking for like I've a just been going, I'm filling the Dan shoes, just blah, 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 on and on and on. The only thing that worries me, obviously that 132 and a half is, is a very, very high number. The only thing that worries me is Laura with her sh with her takedowns. Casey could be good enough to stuff takedowns, and then you get that position where it's just pitter-patter, 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 as somebody's just hanging on your leg trying to get takedowns, or even if she's off her back, if it's if Laura's can, not quite getting the control she wants and not doing anything, it's pitter-patter, pitter-patter. And those add up. We've seen that add up just crazy fast. 132 is still is still a lot, so I still would probably play the odds with with less-less, but that's the only thing that would worry me about that number. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, anything can happen. That's why these... You know, that's why you triple your money if you win, because anything can happen. But the good news is you triple your money when you win. So the strategy here is you play as many as possible so that you can just spread it out. You win some, you lose some, you still end up money at the end of the day. Sorry. Next up at UFC Vegas 29, we have Julian Erosa versus Sengu Choi. These are two guys that we have already broken them down in the past but not against each other. Both of them are three and two in their last five. 
Julian Rossi on a, on a three-fight win streak, Sengbu Choi on a two-fight win streak, and this should be a very good fight. Julian has so much more experience, it's crazy. He almost has more losses than Sengbu has wins, and that's not an insult to his record. That's just saying how fantastic his career has been. He's had that many fights. He's done that well. Julian Rosa is violent. He's very violent. He throws everything. He has bad intentions, a ton of finishes. He's super aggressive. He pushes the action, and everything he throws is dangerous. He's looking for finishes at all times. The problem is he does rely on his chin quite a bit, and it, and it holds up for the most part, but that is just not something you want to do, um, especially when you fight somebody like Sang Wu Choi, who is the more technical striker for sure. He sets his shots up. He absolutely can win by KO. But if I'm breaking this down and I'm looking at them, I think Julian Arosa has more ways to win this fight because he can win by knockout. He can win by submission. Sang Wu Choi can just win by knockout. That's my that's sort of my analysis. I didn't make a pick yet, and you're already rolling your eyes. Why don't you go ahead and tell me your thoughts? I'm going to make the screen like this so that you're even smaller when people are listening to the hot air. Sing Wu Choi is going to win, and he's in my lineup. Um, you mentioned Julia Rosa. He is he is very tough. He's got great submissions, but he wants a dirty fight. He wants to make it dirty. He wants to get in. Um, he wants to get in that striking range, throw some elbows, maybe try and get some takedowns. And with Sing Wu Choi is so fast with his in and out striking, and he's so precise with that striking. I just don't know if Arosa can get to him. And if he can get to him, can he get the takedowns? Because I think Arosa would rather probably be on the ground. Um, in this fight, because he's got you know all those submission wins, um, you know Gavin Tucker was able to take Choi down. Uh, Zalal was able to take him down, but you know Choi is still a good scrambler in those in those positions. So even if Arosa gets him down, he can scramble out of those positions. I think he's going to stuff the takedowns because I don't think Arosa has the the takedowns that you know Gavin Tucker or Zalal have. So I think Choi is able to stuff the takedowns, keep the distance when he wants to. Late, I see Julian Arosa, you know, wearing down, getting tired, and maybe Choi catch some late. But this is the biggest thing that we need we need to understand. Okay, going into this fight, this I mean, this is no nonsense here. This is all you need to know, and this has worked. In, I mentioned this stuff in the past, and it works every single time. Julian Arosa, his last nine what, nine fights, he went win win win, loss loss loss, win win win, and now he's fighting Choi. So you do the math. I mean, that's the easiest pick you can make. You can't, you can't argue against patterns. I mean, that's the way it is. It's you like absolutely hundred percent. That's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Um, why, why do I? This is a genuine question. I should know the answer. Why is was Julian Rosa a lock of the week in the past, or did he fight a lock of the week? No, he fight. He he made he embarrassed me on the Nate Landwehr. Okay. Pick. So I picked Nate and was like, oh, Nate's so tough. And then Nate came over and just got absolutely knocked out. Because I, I was like, this is like, I don't know why this name, it's like his name with you. There was an association in my head and I couldn't figure out what it, what it was. Yeah. Not oh, lock of the week. Lock of the you're, week, I'd lose. So there's nobody that can be lock of the week. Come on. You picked against him and he made you look foolish. And today you're picking against him. So Julian Rosa is my pick. Uh, let me check my DraftKings lineup. Is he in it? Let's see. A ding-a-ding-a-dong. A doom. No, he isn't. Uh, not a price. He is plus money. I do have a bet that I place on this fight. My bet is goes the distance, and I have a half unit on that at plus 105. What is funny – oh, sorry. Goes the distance is plus 105. 
Under two and a half rounds is plus 125. So I threw a half in a unit at under two and a half rounds. That's just always so weird to me when the odds are like that. So I'm getting better odds for less time. That makes no sense. I should get, if I'm, you know what I mean? If I'm playing more than, it should be different. Either way, um, I am doing goes. Um, sorry, I'm looking at it here. I am doing. <laughs> we love under, being live. We love being live. I'm doing under two and a half rounds at plus 125. Does not go the distance is plus 105. I'm sorry, I said that backwards. So if you get the extra two and a half minutes in the fight, you lose a good amount of, of uh, 20%. Basically, so I am going, or I already bet a half a unit at plus one twenty-five for under two and a half rounds. I do think there's a stoppage. Do you agree there's a stoppage? No, I don't think there's um, maybe, but I think I think Troy just outpoints him. I think he's just in and out. I don't think Arosa can ever get to him, and maybe he gets like a late, you know, after that two and a half rounds gets that gets that knockout. But no. So if you think if you think. Um, this is the decision. Are you going to play the more and more in the monkey knife fight line? I think the safe play here is more and more for sure. Yeah. Um, How's that ice? It's solid. Uh, Sengwu's line is high. 93 and a half is, is a high strike line. Um, especially because Julian is probably the aggressor here. So I, I'm thinking choice probably backing up quite a bit. Um, I would do more or less or more more. I'm going to wait. That's one where I'll wait to see if the line moves later in the week. And once it moves, that's when I'll go ahead and uh, and play in Monkey Knife Fight. Let us know in the comments what you think about that line and who you think wins this fight. Next up at UFC Vegas 29, we have Josh Parisian versus Roque Martinez. Josh Parisian fought my buddy, Parker Porter. I called Parker, so I, I managed Parker in the past. I'm good friends with Parker. We're both from Connecticut. Great dude. We spent a lot of time together. Parker beat Josh Parisian in Josh's UFC debut. Beat him very handily, honestly. I called Parker uh, today. We had, a, we had a nice chat about everything, but I said, hey, do me a favor. Break down this fight for me so that I have something that I can show them. You fought Josh Parisian. You may end up fighting – actually, he's fighting um, Chase Sherman – that's booked. He told me today. I didn't even see the announcement, but he's fighting Chase Sherman. He originally had that fight. Then he got COVID. That fight was off. It's back on. Either way, um, I have uh, reached out to Parker. We talked today. He's sending in his breakdown of this fight, and I'll upload that as soon as I get that. As far as my breakdown is concerned, Josh Parisian is 13-4. and four. He is 4-1 and one in his last five. That one loss coming to my friend, Park reporter. And then we have Roque Martinez is three and two in his last five. Josh Parisian is looking for his first UFC win. He has lots of output. He throws a ton of crazy stuff for a heavyweight. He spins. He does unreasonable things at times. Um, he uh, gasses super early, <laughs> and he definitely did against Parker. I imagine he's taking this fight more seriously. Somebody just commented, check his Instagram. I did check his Instagram, and he is taking this more seriously. He will be in better shape, and we can expect him to be. Roque Martinez is very short for this division, and the problem is he can't get to people. He's, so very, he's, he's very short, but as like 
he's tall. It's like if you're like for normal people, he's very uh, tall. But Jacob, for it's the okay, heavyweight Jacob. I'm not calling you short. It's all right. They know no, I don't, you're no, not. Nobody, nobody's short here. I'm just saying. No, no. They, you they said know. he's short. For, for the division, he is short. But as an average person, he's very tall. Very tall. Jacob, it's all right. It's okay. Like, people understand that you'll never be as tall as big as me. You'll never be as tall as big as Dan. And as far as, like, averages are concerned, you're probably – Jesse in the comments just said less, less. He's probably talking about monkey knife fights, but that also applies to your height. Yes, you'll never be as tall as us. And that's I'm hand, I'm handsome tall. You guys are like giant tall. Like people are like like there's that line in the movie where like when, when, when you when you walk through when you walk through the airport, people stop and stare. Okay. And I and I'm just and I just breeze right through. Uh, you're, you're handsome tall. You're better looking than Dan and right. Nick, who is a Tommy Hilfiger model. Yep. Right. Hey. Anyway. No, no, make it big again. <laughs> anyway, Roque Martinez, uh, he is shorter for the division, and that is a problem for him, especially because Josh is very tall. I'm not a big, like, oh, let me pull up topology, and there's a six-inch reach advantage, so, oh, there's my pick. That is not what I'm doing here. He has struggled in the past with closing the distance and finding people's heads. Um, so the good news is, for his stature, he's got that Samoan head. He is, like, impossible – to, to finish, he's incredibly durable, um, but he does have issues with his range, uh, and I think Josh Parisian probably picks him apart at range. I imagine he'll be in better shape for this fight than he was for the Parker fight. I imagine he will use his range and his high-volume output. I also do not think this will be a finish. I think Josh Parisian lights up Roke, but I don't think he finishes him so I have Josh Parisian as my pick. Uh, we'll see how Parker Porter breaks it down. He shared the cage with Josh Parisian. I do not have him in my lineup at $8,700. That's a lot of money. I do like the more, more in the strike line. And 92 and a half is a lot for a heavyweight, but he has high volume. And I think Roke is just on the wrong end of a lot of that volume. So Jacob, what are your thoughts? I'll tell you what. You mentioned the, the kicking from Josh. You know who Josh reminds me of? Did you ever, I'm sure you did, but when you're growing up, there's always that kid like that just starts going karate. And then you see him in the hallway and he's just doing wild karate stuff all the time. Those kids terrified me. There's always that one kid in school that what just learned karate. Did you go to? That just learned karate and he just tries to kick everyone at every opportunity. That's what Josh looked like in that contender series fight with his like his wild spitting stuff. And it's like he just learned all these kicks and he wanted to show them off. So that's what that reminded me of. You mentioned the height, um, you know, disadvantage for, you know, Martinez. I think that is a factor. I did notice, I did not know this, but in one of his, was it Ryzen? Is that the, the, Risen? the yeah, Ryzen, Risen, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. He was wearing shoes in the fight and like kicking the guy with, I've never <laughs> seen that. I like to me about. Yeah, he, he, he literally he, wearing shoes in his fight. He literally had wrestling shoes on, but he's throwing like shin kicks and like body kicks with shoes on. Like, what the hell's going on here? But I, I think Josh wins the fight. I think this is a sloppy mess of a fight. The only yeah. thing I'm I would be worried about would be Martinez with his. I've seen him get takedowns before, and with the height advantage, you know, maybe he comes in with a grappling, uh, with a gra uh, grappling game plan. So that's the only thing that would, that would worry me for picking Josh. But I think that Josh should win with that wild, wild karate stuff. Uh, I, I agree. I mean, that's some solid insight with the height um, uh, as far as like grappling. Is and I know that he's can wrestle because he had, re he owned wrestling shoes. He was wearing them in the octagon. <laughs> yeah, or the yeah. ring, whatever, so so uh, well, you sure they weren't boxing shoes? 
they look like wrestling shoes to me. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because they boxing are like really high. Higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but um, uh, it, it, I didn't pin him as a hardcore grappler, but the height disadvantage works really well for grappling, obviously, because he doesn't have to lower his level to get to those hips. He's just at the hips. So, either way, that's that's my breakdown of the fight. I have a bet on this one as well. Um, I bet over on rounds, which was, um. Sorry, the over on rounds was minus 170. So I bet goes to a decision, which is plus 145. This is another really weird one because the over on rounds, the round line was two and a half rounds. So they're saying if it goes more than two and a half rounds, the odds are minus 170. But if it goes to a decision, I get plus 145. That is literally a two and a half minute window. I'll risk that window and do the plus 145. So I have this fight going to a decision. I put a unit on uh, goes to a decision. It is sloppy. Uh, I think Josh wins, but Roke's head is like a cement house. So I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, either way, that's our breakdown. People in the comments are saying less, less on the total strike line. And David Ramona also said that kid was probably Jacob growing up with the karate. I was not the karate kid, okay? And let me just say, too, the karate kid was usually the kid that smells like pee. There was always a kid growing up that always smelled like pee, and it usually there's a lot of crossover. Where you grew up, but it sounds gross. There's a, there's a lot of crossover between the wild karate kid and the kid that smells like pee. That's all I'll say. I, I honestly, like Indiana just sounds terrible from everything I hear from you about Indiana. That's great. I'm an Indiana animal. Yeah, yeah. Either way, that's our breakdown. Let us know in the comments what you think. The the strike line is interesting. I think more and more is the play because I think it is a decision. And I think Josh Parisian, who has high volume, just continues with that high volume. And Roque Martinez, who has a cement brick for a head, just absorbs and throws. So I do think more and more is the play. And I have the bet on the goes to a decision. Next up at UFC Vegas 29, we have Kanako Murado versus Verna Jandaroba. We have takedown artist. People call her a wrestler, but it's really judo. So we have takedowns versus grappling. And these matchups interest the hell out of me. I'm a wrestler, like to my core. And then immediately after wrestling, I started doing jujitsu. So I love Same. grappling, all aspects me of too. grappling. Same. Yep. And Jacob, you can tell by his ears, his stature, just the confidence that he exudes. He's obviously done combat sports at some level. We have... Verna is three and two in her last five. She is coming off a loss to Mackenzie Dern, but it was a decision loss and she engaged with Mackenzie Dern. She pulled guard. She was like, let's go. I am not afraid of your jujitsu. Let's go. And she didn't get submitted. And then we have Kanaka Murata five and zero oh in her last five. You have her as 16 and two. I see her uh, with only one loss, but records get tricky when you have um, amateur fights and, and exhibition matches and things like that. But we do have takedowns versus submissions here. Verna has is fantastic on the ground. Fantastic on the ground. She is live for a submission at all times. The big question is, you know, can she submit Murata? She does hit very hard. She's not very technical. So she hits hard, is solid on the ground, doesn't really have offensive wrestling. And then we have Kanaka Murado, who has very good takedowns. Whether you want to call it jujitsu, she has, or uh, judo. She has a judo black belt. People keep saying wrestling, judo, whatever you want to call it. She has great takedowns and a very solid base and control. She has good 
BJJ defense, and she smoked Ronda Marcos. And people are dogging the fact that she smoked Ronda Marcos. So, yes, Ronda Marcos does not have the greatest record. But Ronda Marcos has fought every female on the planet in that division at all levels. So a win over Ronda Marcos is meaningful. And Kanaka did it and, and made it look easy. Um, it's very possible that Kanaka takes Verna down, holds her down, avoids the submissions. With that judo background, judo has submissions as well. Everybody thinks it's just throws. It's throws and then arm bars. Throws and then chokes. So with that defense, with the offensive judo, I think she takes Verna down. I think she controls Verna and avoids the big submissions. But this could be, before I pass it to you, Jacob, one of those two grapplers that stand there and have the worst striking fight of all time. That could be the case, but I don't think Kanaka's afraid to engage. Jacob, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Kanaka was also a junior world wrestling champion. So you said she's just like all judo, but she does have the well, wrestling. No, I'm not saying she just has the judo black belt, and the judo, as far as the ground game is concerned, is meaningful because judo has submissions. And if you look at her one loss, she got taken down and submitted like she didn't know what the hell was going on. She got taken down, and when she was got her back taken, it was like – she, she didn't even like fight hand. It was very weird. She, the, the lock was in and she like, was just kind of sitting there like, what do I do now? And that's not going to be very good. As you mentioned against Verna, because she will submit. Yeah, that, you. that was like five years ago. Okay. It happened. Did it not happen? <laughs> all right. Let's go through all the things you've done. The last yeah. Friday. People, people don't forget. Um, but yeah, the, the thing I saw against with Verna too is, uh, you mentioned against her, her, the McKenzie Dern fight. She was outstruck by McKenzie Dern, which is not good, but, I think she probably has the striking advantage in this fight. I I don't know. It's so it's such a toss up. Um, but she would she did defend five takedowns from McKenzie, and McKenzie's not very good at takedowns. The thing that worries me is that Verna might be willing to get taken down in this fight. She might want to go there and get completely controlled. I think she wanted to stay off the ground against McKenzie. She went to the ground. You know, I think she pulled guard that one time, but you know, against McKenzie Dern, it's kind of life or death. Against you know K Kanako it's not really life or death. So maybe she does go there. Maybe she finds a submission. I actually, in my notes, I didn't even pick this fight because I have no idea what's going to happen in this fight. It's going to be, it's, it's such a weird matchup. Like you said, the wrestler versus the grappler. So I didn't pick in this fight. I guess I would pick Verna with her jujitsu if it's going to get on the ground to win. But uh, I stayed away from this one completely. So I do have a bet on this fight. My pick is Kanako, but I have a bet on this fight. And I've mentioned this a few times. I love the reason we partnered. So we want picks. You know, there's four of us. There's only two of us tonight, but there's four of us total. The reason we did a deal with Bet Online is because we use Bet Online and we use them because they have prop bets that nobody else has and they have them early. Two prop bets that they have that nobody else has is the plus three and a half or plus five and a half. Basically, you can buy points. So if a fight goes to a decision, you bought some points. Your fighter can lose the decision, but you can still win your bet. The other one is the wins by stoppage, decision, no action. I've mentioned that twice already in this breakdown. I went with that bet. I put a full unit on submission by Verna, but a decision is no action. And again, if you didn't see this earlier, what that means is if Verna wins by submission, I win my bet. I get paid out. If this fight ends up in a decision, 
I get my money back. I get a refund. The bet never happened. Here's your money. You know, thanks for trying. The only way I lose my bet is if Verna gets stopped. That's the only way I lose my bet. And I don't see that happening. Kanaka, I don't think she's ever stopped anybody. And if she has, she's not going to stop Verna. So I see Kanaka taking Verna down, riding out a decision. And the good news is, if she doesn't ride out a decision and she gets submitted, I get paid by Verna. If she does Kanaka had six finishes. Okay. If she does ride out a decision, then it's fine. I get my money back. The bet never happened. So uh, that's why I love bet online. That's why I love that bet. I just did it with Chase Hooper last weekend. Go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. Place that. Place it. Chase right Hooper now. won that fight. I don't, it doesn't matter. For my bet, it doesn't it's matter. It's a joke. He got dominated. Come on. Yeah, but you know, sometimes you're a little iffy with your picks there. So anyway, that's my bet. Let's look at the strike line. I think more, more is the play. And I know Verna will probably spend most of the time on her back, but I think she'll be swinging wild on her feet. And I think those will add up. If you don't believe that, then go more on Kanaka, less on Verna because she'll be on her back the whole time. What do you think about that monkey knife fight line? Less, less. Less, less. All right, less across the board. I think it goes to a decision. So 52 strikes, 61 strikes in a 15-minute fight is a low number, but you're going less, less. If you guys want to play that line, go to playmkf.com slash we want picks. Everything I'm rambling on about is in the description below. Go there, click some links. Next up at UFC Vegas 29, we have Marlon Chito Vera versus Davy Grant. This is a rematch. From five years ago, and Grant absolutely dominated that fight. But he's a big underdog this time around. So, Cheeto Vera, Marlon Vera, whatever you want to call him, is three and two in his last five coming off of a loss. Davy Grant is also three and two in his last five, but riding a three fight win streak with three, two KOs and a nice decision. So, it's interesting that Davy Grant is the underdog because he dominated the first fight, dominated it. He's the one who's streaking right now. And I was wrong, Jacob, in text messages. I was like, ah, you know, but he's getting older. Cheeto Vera is older than Davy Grant. People keep talking about how Davy Grant is. Cheeto is older. So I don't know why Davy Grant's age is an issue, but Cheeto's isn't. Um, either way, uh, Marlon Vera or Cheeto Vera, whatever you call him, has lots of power. He's a legit submission threat, and he has a very, very solid jaw. He has a ton of stoppage power, and the finishes on his record show that. This is either Vera by KO or Grant by decision. I really don't see any other way. Davy Grant is the much more technical striker. Uh, when he gets on top, he does have some solid control. I think he can avoid some submissions, but he has been dropped in his last couple of fights, even in the wins. Um, he gets dropped. He gathers himself, puts it back together, and then pulls out the win. And in the last two cases, pulled out the knockout. Jacob, I'll let you go before I give my pick here. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, Cheeto's 28 years old, so I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I thought he was 38. All right, I'm a moron. Go ahead. Jesus. And I I don't want to go into like a complete rant here because I know that I like Sean O'Malley. For some reason, my head said 38. I'm like, 38? What the hell? All right, so we have 28 versus 35. Go ahead. Yeah, anyway, uh, I don't want to go and like be like a complete like Sean O'Malley apologist here, 
But Marlon Vera lost his last three fights. He was going to lose that fight to Sean O'Malley if Sean O'Malley doesn't, you know, get that weird nerve thing with his foot. It was getting pieced up. So this could, should be a three-fight winning streak in Davy Grant, who just destroyed Jonathan Martin, who me and Dan as well thought that Jonathan Martin was just going to absolutely destroy Davy Grant. Because Jonathan Martin is just an unbelievable striker, and Davy Grant just didn't even care. Came forward, ended up knocking him out. Marlon Vera is definitely not the striker that Jonathan Martinez is. And Marlon Vera, I just don't think is that good, honestly. And these odds are, this is the other one where I'm like, how in the hell is David Grant an underdog when he won the last fight? He's on a three fight winning streak. He just beat Jonathan Martinez, who was knocking out everyone. You know, I have David Grant winning this, winning this fight. It's not, I already had my lock of the week for $6,900. So it didn't make sense to put him in my lineup at 71. But, you know, if you're looking for value, $7,100 for David Grant, I think that's great. Great value, and I would play this at less more. I think um, from a monkey knife fight. So I have two bets on this fight, and da- Jacob, you see the message sending, and oh, Angela won't stop about the bets. Well, guess what? We're not doing a betting breakdown tonight, so I'm doing it in this. Sorry, viewers, for giving you even more information. Apparently, Jacob has a problem with that, and he's tattletaling to Dan. But guess what? This isn't Dan's show; it's my show. So, with that being oh, said, and you can tell me, show. you can tell me I said that too. You can oh. tell me I said that too. Well, I guess I'll so just I have, start off though, and you can just keep on going. We'll see you later, guys. I have this is the Angelo show. Two bets on this fight. I have, and I'm going to go back to the well with that KO decision, no action. So I have Cheeto Vera, Marlon Vera, with a KO decision, no action, meaning if he wins by knockout, I get paid. If it goes to a decision. Win or lose, I get my money back. I get a refund. That bet never happened. And then I have a straight-up money line bet on Davy Grant at plus 189. I could look at the odds for a decision because I said it earlier. I think it's either Davy Grant by decision or Marlon Vera gets the knockout. I, I don't see anything in between. I don't see Marlon Vera winning a decision. I don't see Davy Grant getting a stoppage here. So th- that's how I see it, and I bet both sides of it. That is why the... KO decision is no action bet is perfect because I literally bet both sides of this. And if it does go to decision and Davy Grant wins, it's okay. It's fine. That Marlon in 13 wins, he only has in 13 wins, he only has two decisions. Why would you think that it's like a, a foregone conclusion that Davy because, Grant because Cheeto Vera has a head like a brick? I just don't see him stopping Cheeto Vera. That's why. I think he'll use his wrestling, his wrestling, and his grappling. To- <laughs> his wrestling, wrestling. I've been wrestling. Gonna use his Arkansas wrestling. Gonna use that Arkansas wrestling, Davy Grant. He kind of looks like Arkansas if, wrestling. If we look at the strike line, I'm going less more. I agree with you, Jacob. I think less on Marlon Vera is very solid. More on Davy Grant is incredibly solid. So I'm playing less more on Monkey Knife Fight. And to do that, go to playmkf.com. Slash we want picks. If you use promo code WWP, they will instantly match your deposit. Use the free money on the deposit. Play a few lines. Withdraw your real money. You triple it with a win. Next up at UFC Vegas 29, we have Wellington Tournament versus Bruno Silva. And before we we get into it, because I think you're about to say it anyway, but I have an honest question. Honest to God question. This was the other fight. Do the odds makers think that this is the other Bruno Silva? Because he's minus one forty-five. I, I go ahead with your thing, but I, that was like an honest question. I'm like, do they actually do they think that this is the Bruno Silva? They are Dan's boy, Bruno Silva. 
Um, silver. Because this Why are you is saying silver, silver. I said silver. You said silver. I think you gotta get new speakers, man. I think people in the comments will point out that you said silver. I think that they're always on my side because that's why. Please, uh, please continue. No, I was going to let you go. I just, uh, that was an honest question. Maybe they think he's the actual. The... Well, let me, let me do my breakdown here. What I find interesting is this graphic. He looks like the video. Yep. Somebody immediately commented. You said silver. Thank you, Will. For that. All right. Well, Appreciate let's it. see. Uh, Will's getting timed out here real quick. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, the, the funny part about nice uh, you, Bruno Silva is yes, he's not that Bruno Silva. These are entirely different weight classes. Um, but his, his picture looks like, it looks like, like the video game picture in like the UFC video game. Like it looks like a, well, he didn't have a picture. So I drew that. <laughs> That's what it, it honestly looks That's like. That's what I spent my afternoon doing. So anyway, uh, Wellington Terman is three and two in his last five. He's coming off of a loss. Bruno Silva is four and one in his last five with a four fight win streak. Wellington is a BJJ black belt. And there is a giant gap between these two on the ground. Um, but Wellington is a very, very sloppy striker. Um, his striking is literally just to set up the grappling. It, it's, it's nothing special at all. Bruno Silva hasn't fought in a few years. So there's a lot of question marks there. Um, he has a lot of power in his strikes. All of his wins are by knockout. And I think his losses are by submission. So that's a little five of six. Yep. That's a little sketchy. And the layoff, the layoff, was because of performance-enhancing drugs. So oh he, literally, he literally got his UFC debut, popped. Like, he didn't get to fight his UFC debut. This is it now. He popped, had to take a few years off, and then now he gets to fight. But he's a very good striker. He has very solid clinch work. Um, the odds makers are very heavy on him, and it's because of his power, because of the knockouts that he has on his record. I mean, you know, he, he's knocked every single person out. So... 19 knockouts is a ton of knockouts and that's what they're seeing here. So Jacob, what are your thoughts? And then I'll give you my pick. Yeah, I got a few things here. First of all, Wellington is like the greatest name in the world. That's an it's, incredible it's, name. It's a, I watch hell's kitchen. So Wellington is meat wrapped in puff pastry from Gordon Ramsay. That's what, that's what you, that's what you made the connection. Wellington. Wellington, baby. I think of like a, like a, like a Connecticut kid in pink shorts and a I'm from Connecticut. Don't tell me. Going, I don't going boating, going boating, heading out to Martha's vineyard. Are we going to Martha's for the weekend? Now doing Massachusetts. Okay. It, they're all the same up there. Um, <laughs> It's all the same accent. Um, but and then and Bruno, I mean, we mentioned, the, I think the odds are crazy. He's had that two and a half year layoff. This is a UFC debut and he's a Brazilian that's never submitted anyone. I've never heard of that in my life. Usually these Brazilians are just, they're all black belts. I think they're just born with black belts. They just always submit everyone. So that's the only thing that would worry me in this fight is if he was a good jujitsu. Maybe he hasn't, maybe he just knocks everyone out and he, I'm sure he can do jujitsu. It's like he probably can't, but. That's the only thing that would worry me in this fight because I think he's going to get takedown. Wellington has incredible body lock, trip, takedowns. Um, I think that Bruno ends up on his back. He does throw some wild stuff, and if it connects, it's not going to be good for Wellington at all. But these odds are crazy to me. I think Wellington wins. I think he gets it to the ground. Um, and the one thing that he's very good at is, say Bruno is you know has the grappling in his back pocket that he's never really shown. The second that you try to stand up, in, in like a takedown situation, Wellington will jump on your neck in a second. So that's the only thing that worries me is Bruno gets up. Maybe he's starting to climb to his feet a little sloppy. You're going to get your net taken and you're going to get submitted. So I, I like Wellington in this fight. Um, 
you know, as we mentioned, Bruno, his, his five of his six losses are to submission. So um, unless Bruno can, can, can catch him early, I think he's on his back the entire fight and uh, probably get submitted himself. Yeah, so I actually have Bruno Silva in this fight, but I don't, I'm not confident enough to bet on him straight up. Uh, I do think Bruno wins. I think, I mean, that is just such incredible power. And Wellington Terman stand-up is just trash. It's not good. It's just to set up the grappling. And even that isn't great. It's not like a Damian Maya who can, you know, he can make some things happen and then shoot. It, it's not, his stand-up's not good. Yeah, and, it, and the stand-up too, is it's not like a, a jab-jab into a takedown. It's like you mentioned, he's throwing bombs when he actually, yeah. when he's throwing bombs, it's still bombs. So, he might get caught in a war, and if he gets caught in a war, then, yeah, I agree that Bruno would be the play. Yeah, and, but but again, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think Wellington – he's No, I, I mean, I agree position. with you. I think that you're doing a great breakdown. Break <laughs> I think I – so think- I, I bet both – I pulled a Dan Kramer, and I bet both sides of this. I went Termin by sub at plus 500, and I did a quarter of a unit on that. I was going to do the sub or bust that I've been talking about this whole card – but those odds were crazy. So the submission, you know, win by submission, decision, no action, the, those odds were nuts and not worth it. But uh, so I just did by sub at a quarter of a unit. And then I did uh, under two and a half rounds. So if Wellington Terman wins by submission and under two and a half rounds, I win both of my bets. If Bruno Silva gets an early knockout, I only win that one. And I, and I missed the Wellington on uh, submission, but, it doesn't matter because it'll still pay for itself. So I do have a couple of bets on this one. This is a weird card where there's not a ton that I'm, I know it sounds like I'm betting all over the place. There's not a ton that I'm super confident on with the bets. Uh, but this one I like because any of these fights where I think it goes one way or the other, those are the ones where I, where I really try to make a, make something happen to draft Kings. Do you have either one of these fellas in your lineup? No. Okay. Yeah, no, me neither. So I don't have either one of these guys in my lineup. Uh, Wellington is submission or bust, and Bruno Silva, $8,800, honestly, is not a bad – I'm wake up Monday morning and like, yeah, $8,800 was not a bad price for that knockout. Um, But Jacob's point, he could get submitted as well. I love that strike line. I'm going more and more, and I am very, very confident in that strike line. That's me pausing oh, that, so that you can say your thoughts. I mean, you, uh, you, that was the tone of like, we're moving on, like in the strike line. And next up. Yeah, I don't know about the strike oh, line. Hell. Hell, I don't know. I honestly don't. I, I mean, that's a tough one to pick because it could be an, it could be an early stop. I mean, it could be an early stoppage. It could be an early submission, but it could drag him out. So I would stay away from this one completely in my mind. I mean, Obviously, anything's possible in a fight. And, you know, that's why Monkey Knife Fight pays you three to your one. So, you know, you play multiple lines. I'm going to play this line, and I'm going to do the more and more. Uh, I, I do think there's a stoppage in either direction, which is why I bet the under on rounds. But 57 is not a lot for Bruno Silva, who throws like a wild man. And Wellington Terman throws like an animal just to get close. So, I, you know, I, I think uh, I... Line more, more. Next up at UFC Vegas 29, we have Matt Brown versus Diego Lima. Diego Lima, three and two in his last five. Matt Brown, two and three in his last five. We've broken down Diego Lima before. 
I know Diego Lima pretty well. I spent a week with him in Turkey. So I manage a bunch of fighters. If you're new here, you don't know that. I manage professional fighters. I was, I was fighting on the same card. Go ahead. Yep. So my buddy Ryan was fighting for the XFC. The XFC did a show in Turkey, and technically the island of Cyprus, which is in between Greece and Turkey. Ryan was fighting um, Diego Lima. So we flew out to Turkey. We spent a whole week with Diego Lima and his brother, Douglas Lima, who was the Bellator champion up until two nights ago. Um, Diego Lima could not be a nicer person. The dude is funny. He has good jujitsu, good striking. Are you going to say that he's going to lose this fight? Can I do my breakdown? Are you going to say that he's going to lose this fight? Can I do my breakdown? Good jujitsu, good striking, awesome dude. We picked against him when he fought Bilal Muhammad. And the reason we Not we. Well, you're an idiot if you didn't. I, I picked Diego. Picked a I had him in my lineup. Okay. What a weird flex. What a weird flex. It's called loyalty. I mean, Jesus. Okay. Anyway. I don't even know the guy, and I, I picked him. Now I'm picking him again. <laughs> All right. So uh, with Diego Lima, we picked against – I picked against him last fight because – I managed a fighter who fought him and won, and I saw what that took, and it was offensive wrestling to make that happen with control. And what, and what happened? And Diego Lima got wrestled and lost. What do you think? You think so? That's what you, that's what you remember? Do you know what Bilal's takedowns were that fight? Oh, he outstruck him too. Even one better. of 10. Actually, one you're right. Of you're 10. He struck every single takedown and was mowing down Bilal's leg. Bilal said after the fight, I can't walk. I'm not going to be able to walk. No, for you're, you're 100% correct. That's exactly what happened. Diego Lima spent his entire training camp worrying about takedowns and didn't train training. Either way, this is a very different fight. A very, very different fight. Yes, we have Matt Brown, nicknamed the Immortal, and he basically is. Obviously, his recent streak is not great, but Matt Brown is a die trying type of guy. Diego Lima is going to light up Matt Brown's legs and, and Matt Brown's not going to stop coming forward. Matt Brown will continue to march forward. Matt Brown has power. Matt Brown has underrated wrestling. <laughs> I Matt Brown has toughness and that's about it at this point. And Diego Lima has very crisp striking. Diego Lima has very tricky jujitsu. This is a very, very hard fight to pick. This is a rematch, by the way, from 14 years ago. Um, it's it's a hard, this is a very hard fight. With that being said, I, I'm not confident enough to, to play um, Diego Lehman at minus 170. Minus 170 is, I mean, that's a giant favorite, right? That, that should be a guarantee. I have, um, I'm waiting to see what the lines do he with. He fought him. Douglas, not Diego. I'm pretty sure Matt Brown fought Diego Lima. He fought Douglas Lima and then Diego Sanchez. <laughs> All right. Well, then I put those together. There's no unreal. Way. I'm going to pull that up. But anyway, the other factor going into this is Diego Lima, his brother, Douglas, they're unbelievably close. Douglas went on that trip to Cyprus with us. Douglas just lost a few nights ago. And that's really hard, right? That's really hard. To beat your, they are ride or die together, and his brother just lost. And got kind of embarrassed too. Was just on his back the entire fight. And we bet against that too. And again, it was another wrestler 
type situation. And and Dan and I put some solid money on on the wrestler there. We do so, lead a very adventurous lifestyle. What are you? I doing? mean, Sure, sure Dog literally just like <laughs> just popped up out of nowhere. I was looking at the fight. Anyway, this That's is very roundabout way. I think Matt Brown is a very solid underdog pick. I'm not saying this is a mess. Like when Court McGee fought a few weeks ago, I was like, they're crazy. Court McGee wins this fight. And Court McGee won that fight and he looked great doing it. Matt Brown is not Court McGee. They're aging very differently. They've absorbed different damage throughout their career. But I do think Matt Brown is very live in this fight. I think Diego's brother losing, it sounds so stupid, but I manage professional fighters. I understand how, you know, how emotional that can be, especially for these guys, their, their training partners, their best friends, like everything about it. I have Matt Brown winning this fight. I, it is not the most confident pick I've ever had in my entire life. I'm going more and more on monkey knife fight. I have no bets on this whatsoever. Thank I'll God. wait to see what the props do later in the week. If, if they start to go crazy, I'll take a look at that. But Jacob, I, I guess you're picking Diego Lima. I am picking Diego. He's in my lineup. I don't like a lot of the expensive fighters, and this is the one I felt the Dude, best you about. Nine thousand dollars on Diego Lima. I thought we weren't interrupting each other, Angelo. Oh my god! Matt Brown is not going to. He's not going to be able to get the takedowns. He's going to get his legs chewed up, and he doesn't. The thing that that Bilal won the fight. He couldn't get the takedowns, but he won with with the striking because he won with volume. Bilal had crazy volume. I don't think Matt Brown's going to have the volume. He's, he's older. I think the second that, that front leg gets chewed up, it's going to slow him down quite a bit. And I think Diego is going to be able to fight the fight that he wants to fight. He's not going to be quite worried about the takedowns as much as he was against Bilal. Um, if they come, they'll stuff him. And I think he just uh, I think he just piece him up. I don't think he's going to finish because Matt Brown is. I mean, he's he is tough as hell, man. But yeah. uh, I think he's going to score a million points uh, just with strikes and, and win the fight. So he's in my lineup. And like I said, this is, this is more of like – I had to pick somebody expensive because you can't. I mean, you guess you could have like a thousand dollars left over, and this is just kind of the one that that fell to me um, was Diego Lima at, at nine thousand dollars. So it wasn't like a oh, I want to pick him for because he's gonna finish him. It's like I kind of stuck with I had to pick somebody. So I'm going with my man Diego. I picked him against Bilal. He actually scored the most points of anyone on the card in a loss against Bilal Muhammad. So if you're gonna pick losses, he still scored a ton of points against Bilal. So. But he's going to win this fight. He'll he'll dominate. I, listen, that, that's great breakdown. I agree with everything you said. I I just uh, maybe I am putting too much stock into his brother losing last week. I mean, they are best friends, best friends, training partners. Like that's emotional. And now he's got to go out there a week later and do it himself against the guy that that will never stop marching forward. So Diego Lima should win. I think these odds are absolutely correct. With that being said, I think Matt Brown's a very solid underdog pick. I, I told you I'm not betting money on this, but I'm not touching DraftKings either. $9,000, to me, that's got to be a guaranteed win and a stoppage. There's no stoppage here. Um, but I will, I may max bet the more more. Like this more more is a guarantee. I, I literally may max bet that. I agree. I agree. I, before you like really, I, I when I looked at that too, I could I could definitely see Diego outstriking him two to one or three to one. But Matt Brown's going to get fifty or sixty, and Diego's going to be two to one on top of and that. There's no stoppage here. Yeah, yeah. I don't there's think no there's no stoppage. No. So yeah, I, I, I that's a that's a max play, man. So I, listen, I know uh, I'm a corporate shill here pushing some of these things, but go to playmkf.com/slash we want picks. Make a deposit using promo code WWP. They'll instantly match that. 
take the free money. They'll, they'll match it up to a hundred. If you're confident enough, deposit a hundred, take the free hundred and put it on this line. The more, more, I mean, I, this might be the most confident I've ever been in a line. I don't think I've seen one before where I was like, yup. So I just jinxed the hell out of it. So maybe you don't want to play it, but uh, I do love Beth that. Brown's going to come over and just starch them now. I, I don't see a stop. If there's a stoppage, it's Matt Brown getting it, honestly, is how I see it. But I think Matt is a phenomenal underdog play. I think Jacob is spot on with the analysis with Diego. Diego, he's going to light up Matt Brown's legs. Um, but Matt Brown never stops, marches forward, and has some of the most underrated wrestling um, that you'll see. People just don't even think of him as a wrestler because he's so willing to stand in a pocket and throw elbows. Uh, Dan's not here. Dan shared an ultimate fighter house with Matt Brown. So when Dan is back on Friday, we'll get his opinion on this fight for sure. Next up, we have the co-main event of the evening. We have Alexi Olinick versus Sergey Spivak. Alexi Olinick, submission or bust if you have ever seen it. Sergey Spivak made Jason Vandera look like an absolute clown after we thought Jason Vandera might have had some decent wrestling. Uh, Alexi Olenek, two and two and three in his I was, last I was five. right as usual. <laughs> Spivak, three and two in his last five. Um, Alexi Olenek, somebody just commented, Jesse did. Wow, what a record. That is a record. Uh, Alexi Olenek may have the you know, the most experienced of anybody on the active UFC roster right now. And this is a sleeper fight. We've, we've done well off of both of these fighters in the past, depending on the situation. Uh, ridiculous. Alexi Olenek with the ridiculous experience, as we pointed out, he is a grappler who has a very high finishing rate. The problem is his chin is gone with his age. It's the first thing to go. And it did go. Um, his cardio isn't great. His wrestling is just okay, but he can submit anybody from anywhere. He's very ugly when he gets it to the ground, but when he gets it to the ground, he's legitimately dangerous from anywhere. And what's crazy is he's not like, you know, he's not like, oh, Jacare Souza, 10-time world champ. None of that crap. He's just like unbelievably aggressive and, and sneaky on the ground. I purposely didn't say tricky. Um, and then we have Sergei, Sergei Spivak. He destroyed Jason Vandera in his last fight. Uh, great ground and pound. He has actual wrestling skills. And this is set up for Spivak to win. This is like sort of a passing of the guard. Look at you making that face. Um, Spivak does not have the KO power, but he does have a really good jab. He has much better takedowns. I see him grappling, but I see him just getting positions, elbowing the mouth. There may be a stoppage, but I am. This is another one more, more on the monkey knife fight line. I think Sergey Spivak is on top this entire fight, landing blows. Alexi Olenek not getting that haymaker submission. Jacoby, you made some faces. What are you thinking? Yeah, I don't. I this the only thing that scares me is Sergey's willingness to go to the ground, right? Because he's definitely got the striking advantage in this fight, and with Olenek's chin. I would hope that he just stands and just tries to knock Olenek out. Um, otherwise, you know, I, I think I would pick Olenek in this fight just because Sergey would use his wrestling, but I definitely don't trust Olenek's chin enough to pick him. And on the flip side, I think Sergey, if he doesn't want to use his offensive grappling, 
can use his defensive wrestling to, you know, alleviate the takedowns from Olenek, and then it turns into a boxing match. And with Alexi's chin, um, Sergey could end this and end this early. So this was another one where I got to spend my money somewhere. So I went with Sergey just because we've seen Olenek's chin lately. You know, he could just get dropped at any at any time. It doesn't even have at this point. It doesn't even have to be a power shot. It could could just be a you know a nice stiff jab that puts Olenek down at this point in his <laughs> career. Um, I'm just worried that Sergey comes out, tries to shoot a takedown for whatever reason, and gets caught in a, a guillotine or something, a triangle, something weird. Because if you get on the ground with Olenek, I don't care how good you are, yeah, you don't want, yeah, you don't want to be there. So it's like I don't know why Sergey would come out and grapple, but that's what he does at times. Even if he hurts someone, sometimes he just jumps on top of him. Um, so if he, I just hope that he just boxes, puts Olenek down, and it makes me smart for my ninety-two hundred dollars because I'm worried about it, but I got to spend my money somewhere. So. I have Spivak in my lineup too. So, uh, and we're doing our DraftKings breakdown after this. We're not doing it live, so wait for that video. Um, but I have Spivak in my lineup. I'm very confident in this, and I'm I'm just very confident in his wrestling offense, his submission defense, and you don't even need the greatest hand in the world at this point. But like I said, I love this line. I'm gonna go more and more because um, I do think it goes to a decision or close to it. The only bet I have on this fight, so everybody is either saying uh, Alexi Olenek gets a first-round submission or uh, Sergei Spivak gets, you know, just knocks him out, right? Everybody thinks this ends in the first round. I completely disagree. I think this at least goes two or three rounds. I bet the over on the rounds because the over was only one and a half rounds. This definitely gets to the end of the second round. Definitely, or at least past the halfway point of the second round. So I took that at plus 135. If you want to take that bet, go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. There's a bunch of different options for you. Hop in there, make a deposit. Let us know your username after you create your account, and we will just straight up venue you money as a thank you for signing up. Jacob, do you love that strike line as much as I do? Yeah, what did you say on the strike line? I was watching. Somebody mentioned the Nets game. I'm watching the uh, the Nets are up three, 11 seconds left. Yeah, I see the chat going crazy about the the Nets game. Um, I'm going more and more on the strike line. Oh man, this is another one where it's like Jesus. Why? What do you? Because Linux. I'm worried about Linux chin. I mean, I mean, he. I I think I, I think I'd go. I'll go more, more. Is that what you said? More, more. I went more, more. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably the safer play, honestly. Because a lot of times when you start chasing finishes, it's just like when you're betting, right? I mean, it's just like if you place bets to chase finishes, it's great when it hits, but there's so much more to the fight than just, you know, that. So if I were playing this, I, w- I would play the more and more. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously a finish is is a concern, but I, I listen, I have speed back in my lineup. So if I lose monkey knife fights and I get 100 points out of them DraftKings, it is what it is. I'll take it. So that's the co-main event. I actually think it's a sleeper fight. I think it'll be a really good fight. Um, a ton of experience versus a young guy who, who's pretty hungry. Looking forward to it. Go to playmkf.com slash we want picks, play monkey knife fights, place a bet. Let us know in the comments what you are going to do. Next up at UFC Vegas 29 event. The main event of the evening. We have the Korean zombie. Okay, I'll wait. We have the Korean zombie chant. Chan Sung Jung versus Dan Ige. Uh, Korean Zombie is three and two in his last five, coming off of that devastating loss to Brian Ortega. That was a 
very lopsided loss. Um, and then we have Dan Ige, four and one in his last five, coming off of. I want you to apologize to Dan Ige for your last breakdown, please, if you don't mind. Because I had Kevin Tucker winning. I think all of you guys had Devin, and I'm the guy that's like, I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you. So I'd like a public apology if you don't mind. Listen, in in all honesty, you can't really tell much from a fight that ends that quickly. From uh, I, think you I, I learned everything in that. Well, fight. let me go ahead and give you the breakdown, Jacob. So this should be an awesome fight, and I think these odds are correct, which means it is a pick'em. Uh, Korean Zombie is a slight favorite as far as DraftKings are concerned, but this is a pick'em across the board. Uh, the Korean Zombie has been around forever. He has phenomenal striking. He has great grappling. He has very high fight IQ. And if he didn't lose to Brian Ortega in his last fight, I think everybody on planet Earth would say Korean Zombie dominates this fight. Korean Zombie wins this fight. But he did lose that last fight, and he did not look good at all. I mean, Brian Ortega, Jacob has an issue with Brian Ortega because of Brian's girlfriend. But Brian Ortega beat my ex. Well, it's, I mean, it's his girlfriend now, but my ex girlfriend kind of the absolute great. Not technically, but I mean, it's kind of like kind of. You let me know when you're done with your. Well, I just want to say, you know, Tracy, I'm just disappointed. Honestly, I'm just disappointed in your choices. But you know, it's what's that? That's a free bird. You know, sometimes you got to let them fly away and, and hope they come back. So, Tracy, I'll be here. Okay. Anyway, no, you won't. You're moving apartments. So. Uh, Korean zombie, if you look I'm, at his uh, well, I'm not moving, I'm upgrading Tracy. Let's get it. I mean, Trey, I'm upgrading. I'm <laughs> upgrading. Korean zombie, uh, has fought some of the best people on planet earth and beat most of them. He absolutely smoked my buddy, Frankie Edgar. Um, and he has one of the, one of the most exciting, his fights are exciting. He is good everywhere. He's incredibly tough. He is the Korean zombie for a reason. What's that stat with the ridiculous uh, chokes? Like, the dude is amazing, but his last fight has everybody, everybody questioning him and his abilities and what he can do. And then Dan Ige's last fight has everybody, and I can see it in the comments here. I haven't seen a single person pick Korean Zombie. Um, everybody's picking Dan Ige. And, and I think there's some recency bias in that with Dan Ige coming off of that wild knockout. Korean zombie coming off of that really bad loss. With that being said, Dan Ige is on a great little streak there. Uh, he's got a loss. Little streak. What the hell? Well, because I never, I've never seen such disrespect. Honestly. He lost to Calvin Qatar less than a year ago, so it's a little streak. Uh, he's got a great little streak there. Uh, this is a big step up, up in competition, but he is much faster, has much more power, and is the more technical boxer. I, I'm going with Dan Ige. <laughs> I have wins uh, inside the dis inside the distance and decision no action is my bet. So basically, I'm saying Dan Ige will win by stoppage, or if it goes to a decision, I get a refund. And that's how I see this fight going. I think Korean Zombie either wins a decision or Dan Ige gets a finish here. What are your uh, What are your thoughts there, Jacob? You You made faces at both sides of it, so I don't even know where you are in this. Bit. Well, that's interesting that you say that. But I, let me just first start by saying that Danny Ige is going to win this fight. I don't think he's going to win it like in a, quite the dominant fashion that I would like. I love Danny Ige. I've talked about Danny Ige for a couple of years now. I think by this time next year, he's fighting for a title. I think that's good. How good he is because I think uh, uh, the Korean Zombies ranked like. 
fourth or fifth and Dan's like ninth. So he'll jump up in the top five and eventually get that title shot. Once I figure out the Ortega, um, Alexa, what's it? Alexa Volkanovsky. I guess Volkanovsky, yeah. I was, I kept thinking of Hernandez for some yeah, you reason. You got to wait for the show to finish. Yeah. Uh, uh, Volkanovsky, Ortega, and then you got Holloway there. Once that's all cleared up and they have, and they have a champion, I think Ige is going to be the next shot. I think he wins this fight. That's nothing against Korean zombie. I think the Korean zombie is very, very good. Um, but I think he just relies on his toughness a little too much. And against Dan Ige, you're just going to get absolutely mauled. If you thought the Ortega fight was bad, this one might end up being even worse. With that being said, <laughs> Korean Zombie is also in my lineup. I have both of them in my lineup. I haven't doubled up the main. I haven't. I haven't doubled up the main event, and I don't know how long. But this is like one of those fights where I just feel like it could be like a one of those all-time great fights. That's an absolute war back and forth. Um, but I see Danny Ek finding a ways to you know get the fight to the ground and dominating on the ground. Um, I just think he's a step ahead of the Korean Zombie in the striking, in the grappling, in the submissions. Um, but it's just the way that this card, like I said, I, 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 I like a lot of underdogs on this card. So it's kind of like a weird situation where I had a lot of money left over. Um, so I figured, you know what, there's worse, there's definitely worse places you could put $8,200 than on the Korean zombie. And even if I think Ige is going to win, I think that the Korean zombie in a five round fight with his toughness could still score 70, 80 points in a loss. If this ends up being a, a brawl. So I have both of them in my lineup, although I I'm a big Dan Ige fan. I think he fights for the title um, next year. Um, and I think he wins the fight. Well, the comment section here, the live chat, because we are live, even if you're watching this uh, later, is just like 100% Ige. I think I saw maybe one. Well, yeah, when I couldn't, when I saw DraftKings money, I was like, oh my God, technically, technically, I could have made Dan Ige my lock of the week. So Dan Ige is going to be the backup lock of the week. Because it is a pick them, but he's the underdog on drafting. Oh, so technically, the rules are you know, I can pick, I can put Danny Gay in my lineup, but uh, I mean, that he I, have Danny Ige in my lineup. I do have in my lineup. I think this is a very close fight. I do think it goes to a decision, but I told you the bet that I placed was Danny Gay wins inside the distance. But if it goes to a decision, I get a refund, I get my money back. That bet never happened. Uh, because I don't think Korean Zombie can stop Danny Gay. And I do think Danny Gay can stop Korean Zombie. But if he doesn't, great. I get my money back. No problem. Uh, and if you want to place that bet or one like it, go to wewontpicks.com slash bets. There's a bunch of different options for you to get deposit matches or literally free money from us. The monkey knife fight line is crazy. I think it's more and more. I agree with you because I think it should be a five-round fight. That's why my bet on win on inside the distance has the insurance of decision. I think I, I think if this was a three round fight, that would be a good strike line, because I think they have they could throw the volume to hit that in three rounds, and this is a five round fight. And like I said, they're both tough as hell, so I don't see an early stoppage. So yeah, I would definitely I love the more and more on this one. Yeah, I I, I like the more and more as well. Um, so go to playmkf.com slash on picks. Play the more and more. You literally triple your money with a play. That is our breakdown. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, we'll stick around for another minute or two and hit some comments. But if you're watching this on replay, thank you very much. Subscribe. Subscribe and let us know in the comments. Like the picking. video.